What is your why? Do you want dynamic growth? Do you feel stuck? It's time to fix your why. Welcome to the Fix Your Why podcast. I'm Billy Ryan. Today we're going to continue talking about elements, the second part of my book, Fix Your Why. They were the building blocks of effective leadership for me. They were the practices that I leaned on to be a better leader. Today we're going to focus on elements four, five, and six. Four is break for renewal. Um, kind of a for me, I thought it was kind of a catchy phrase, but it doesn't mean anything probably to most people. But what Break for Renewal recognizes is that at, most of you are aware of maturation cycles for products. The suggestion that products will experience maturity and they will lose their effectiveness in the marketplace. I began to see as a leader because I was focused on innovation, it was important for my company establishing a leader position, leadership position in my market, that not only do products mature, but processes mature. Things that served us well in the past, I don't know if they just fall out of fashion or they get tired or what happens, but I began to see that in some of the processes that were successful in our company, I saw them start to wane. We were, quality was very important in my family's business. And we sent all of our team members to the quality edu education school, which focused on process. The notion that quality is free, that quality isn't how much you pay for something. It's simply whether or not you meet the requirements that were set. So there are luxury goods, there are mainline goods, there are, there are different levels of performance, for instance, in automobiles. But you can have a quality Chevrolet and you can have a quality Ferrari. When you're Developing products in particular, you have to anticipate the fact that you're, when you come out with a new product, your competition is going to be aware of that new product. If it's successful in the marketplace, more successful than one of their products, they're going to be forced to innovate. They're going to look at your product. They're going to say, okay, what are the features and benefits? How can I be better than my competitor's product? They're recognizing the maturity of one of their products. I share a graphic in my book and you can look at it now. At the beginning of an innovation cycle, you, you see a dip in the graph and then the graph starts to grow. The growth is obviously the success of the product and the fact that you've met the market, you've met a market need. When you start to anticipate these cycles, when you accept the fact that 
a product you were in love with is going to lose its effectiveness in the marketplace, you have the opportunity to label that product mature ahead of its time. And by that, I mean you're beginning to innovate as if or as your competitor innovated. You're looking at the features and benefits of one of your own products and saying, how can I beat it? You're forcing that maturity cycle and you're beginning to innovate with something new. So over time, a maturation cycle is just a matter of time, right? If you can mark that time, if you can begin to define that time frame, then you can set intention ahead of that maturation and, be, and begin to innovate with something new. What's the saying? If, uh, if it ain't broke, uh, you don't need to fix it. And I believe if it ain't broke, you break it. Again, that realization that there's something better that can be developed. And if you don't do it, your competitor will do it. Element five, I could spend multiple episodes talking about my organizing framework, the strategic marketing plan. Again, it was something that I found uh, kind of stumbled upon as I was reading periodicals, reading the Harvard Business Review. It led me to something else and aha, there it was. It wasn't anything very complicated. In fact, it's really just an outline, but it's a again, a process. It is an iteration. It forces us to think about what we're doing, what we're creating. For me, I used it when I was designing product for new communities. I started by gathering a lot of information. I'd ask big questions, then I'd try to figure out how to answer those questions. That would guide my product development. And all of it, the, the strategic marketing plan was a deliverable for those with whom I collaborated, my interior designers, my architects, my merchandising company, my sales team. We were all trying to be better every day in what we were doing. I was the leader. I was trying to inspire innovation. The strategic marketing plan forced me to think about the customer, to think about customer insight in a more in-depth way, to try to uncover some need in the marketplace, some little twist on my product, something that I could include that differentiated us from the competition. It was ever changing. You know, I constantly pushed my team. I pushed the consultants with whom we collaborated to be better. They in turn expected better from me. And the organizing framework was a way for me to create that better. Element six, I label that sacrifice the urgent. So I learned that, uh, again, we'll share the graphic with you here, but sacrificing the urgent is all about this box with four quadrants. You take important, not important, urgent, not urgent, and it's a way to focus activity. 
if you came into my office in those days when we were creating at a very high level, my office was a disaster. I had documents everywhere. I had floor plans, blueprints, um, all the things that I had to get to uh, were on my desk waiting for my attention. I had people constantly knocking on my door needing something to be able to do the job that they were trying to do that I had asked them to do. That's the urgent. A lot of times the urgent is not important. So that's not something we want to focus time on. The not urgent but important is usually, it's what I call magic, it's where the magic happens. That's sort of the project work, if you will. That's where innovation occurs. It's not urgent. It doesn't have a time frame other than the time frame you put upon it. But it's important. It's something that will advance your company in the direction of its aspirations. When you begin to understand these filters and you begin to make decisions based on those values, it would inform what you spent your time doing. And you want to be doing the things that one are fulfilling to you personally. It doesn't mean you ignore the unimportant and the urgent. Uh, you do ignore the unimportant and the non-urgent. But, you know, there's a time for everything. You know, if, if and this would often, often happen that my team members would be looking for information from me that I deemed urgent but unimportant. And that wasn't a priority for me. Sometimes they'd have to hound me. Now, embedded in this thinking is the understanding that sometimes what appears to be urgent and unimportant is not urgent and not important. So some of the stack of papers that I had were sirens that just stopped going off. So thankfully, I didn't spend my time on those things. I focused on the important. And mainly because it's what moved me. I mean, that's where I found fulfillment. Doing Innovating was always a wonderful experience for me. I knew when I was in that zone and creating something that was unique. I knew that what, we're, what we were creating was going to make a difference in the marketplace. It was going to give us competitive advantage. So I would spend more time there. Again, you have to be respectful of team members. Um, everybody has their own needs and defines those needs. But as a leader, if you can teach your team to focus on the important, they'll understand, hopefully, uh, why sometimes you ignore their urgent request. So those are the final three elements in Fix Your Why. These elements, again, were the building blocks to high achievement for me. And with each of these elements that I employed and really employed them every day, as I say, 
it happens in cycles. It was an iteration. Each time that I cycled through a differentiating process, a quality improvement, a product innovation, it was something that led to growth for our company. Not only did we grow significantly from 91 to 93, we also grew our profitability, largely because we understood what it took to be profitable. And our customers, if we met the needs of our customers and we controlled the cost of the product, that nexus was high profitability. When you start to tap into that and your team feels that high achievement, that success, if you will, you all start to get hungry for it and you want more of it. Again, high achievement puts incredible pressure on your team. It's, it's demanding of everybody all the time. And so you have to be sensitive to the pressure you're putting on that team. And as a leader, you're the one pushing, but hopefully you're the one that's understanding that you're applying pressure, that you're tightening that screw just a little bit more. But it's important. It's important to the future of your company and the success of your company. So I hope you've gotten a lot out of this explanation. As I said, I could spend episodes diving down into just a single element. And taking together the six elements are wonderful tools for you as a leader and an innovator. Thank you again for joining me on the Fix Your Why podcast. I'm Billy Ryan. Have a great day.